Welcome to Dangerous to Go Alone. I'm Amanda, and I'm addicted to Breath of the Wild. Uh, and I'm Jay Ray, and I lost a toenail. <laughs> it was gross, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're back. Long hiatus. We had a lot of... Well, we live together now. We do. Specifically so we could record this podcast. Exactly. We decided it would be more efficient if yeah. we just moved in together. That's right. So <laughs> we did it. We uprooted our lives. We live in basically a closet um, with a laptop and a microphone. Yes, that's definitely true. <laughs> uh, but we're back. So we should be uh, hopping on to a semi-regular schedule. Um, schedule. schedule. <laughs> You're so weird. Um, but we did some big stuff while we were on hiatus. Namely, we went to PAX East. Yeah. Um, but before we jump into that, uh, I do have some things to plug. So as you may or may not know, we are a member of the Broken Jars Broadcasting Network. Uh, so check out Broken Jars at XYZ. Just check out some of our other podcasts. There's the Great Scott Office Podcast that I'm also part of. We have uh, High Fantasy, which is our writing podcast. And we have Dresden Files, which is probably the more popular podcast on the network. But I don't read the Dresden Files. Neither do I. So, you know. So we have no idea what's going on with that. That's but it. we hear we it's know. great. <laughs> <clears throat> um, and of course, if you have questions for us or the network, you can check us out at uh, Broken Jars Pod on Twitter, Broken Jars Broadcasting on Instagram. Uh, our YouTube channel is just Broken Jars Broadcasting. We have a subreddit, uh, r slash Broken Jars Podcasts. And um, we have a Patreon. We do. Yeah. So go to patreon.com slash Broken Jars. Uh, we have a couple of Patreons on there already. We're not asking for a lot, like a buck or two bucks, right? Um, two bucks gets you exclusive access to our Discord channel, where we've got a couple of other our Patreons in there. Basically... You could talk to us and the other folks on the network, and you know we just kind of shoot the shit, so to speak. It's good. We had some people from Great Scott on there, some people from Dresden on there. We get a couple people on from Dangerous to Go Alone. That'd be pretty sweet. It'd be awesome. So yeah, check that out. Like I said, just a buck or two bucks, not much, uh, and it helps us out. We can maintain our server costs, get some upgraded equipment, that kind of thing, because we do this for free because we love it. Yes. Amanda believes in it. I very much believe in it. Uh, so yeah, PAX East. Uh, this is our first year. Yeah, first year. First um, PAX, period. First Any PAX, PAX. Period. yeah. Uh, what do you think? It was a great time. That's it, huh? It was a great freaking time. Yeah? Yeah, it was a great weekend. I mean, yeah. It's, uh, it's, up, it's up in Boston on the East Coast here. Um, it's three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, it's always in March, I think. Yeah, generally yeah. in the springtime kind of area or late winter, early spring. Yeah, I mean, it's just a lot. A lot of, it was a lot of fun. A lot of games. A lot of. Uh, we had a lot of access to play games. Right. Uh, we got a whole list of stuff that we'll talk about. Um, but it was just really fun. The vibe was good. It wasn't too crowded. The venue's nice. Yeah. It's kind of confusing when you first go. Because the venue itself is actually like by room number and stuff. Right. Um, PAX doesn't utilize that information. <laughs> they just say like console free play room or whatever. So, uh, you know, we were on the wrong side of the building at one point. We're like, oh. Yeah, right. Um, but no, it's uh, it was great. We had a couple friends who went up. And yep. we saw them. Met up with some folks. Yeah. 
played some games. I mean, if you if you are in the vicinity of vicinity, vicinity. Did you say vicinity with an F? <laughs> uh, if you are nearby a PAX, either PAX Prime or PAX South or um, PAX Sydney or something. Whatever. PAX Sydney. Yeah. I'm sure we have a lot of Australian listeners. It's plenty. Good day, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, you should definitely go because it's a really good time. Um, yeah, so I mean, any, ten out of ten would recommend. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you have any other thoughts you want to add to that? General thoughts? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just I I had a really great time. I mean, I obviously I wanted to go because I thought it would be a good time, but I would say that it exceeded my good time expectations. I really really enjoyed every every minute of it. And that's exclusively PAX experience, right? Because we uh, we had Friday and Sunday passes that left our Saturday kind of open, so we did some Boston exploring. But your comments are specifically PAX. Yeah. I mean, Saturday was also a great day, but that's for another podcast. Another podcast. <laughs> Not a different podcast show altogether. Yeah. Uh, so you'll never know. About how cold it is in Boston. <laughs> yeah. <for real. laughs> Um, cool. Okay. So, uh, we did get to play quite a few games there. Um, and literally the first game we, so we got in. Yeah. We, we didn't know what we were doing. Right. Like, let's just preface our conversation about this game with like, we got to PAX and we were like, what are we supposed to do here? Where do we go? How do we, we start? We were five minutes at most, right? Yeah. And, um, we just saw, saw this game and, uh, there was a free spot. So we were like, I was like, let's just, you want to play this game? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I don't think we spent enough time with it is right. the thing so that's what i'm prefacing this with because we were just like what are we doing right no definitely true yeah uh so the game's called moonlighter yeah and the premise is basically you are a shopkeeper in a small village who sells wares um and to acquire those wares you go out on small adventures much like a zelda mm-hmm. or something like that mini dungeon type things yep and you're getting weapons and you're getting uh stuff to make potions stuff, right? yeah um and then you could put it on sale in your store so Presumably, because this is the part we didn't get to do, is you go on the adventure, you get your shit, uh, you come back to your store, you open the store, and you just put stuff on your table. Um, and it's like a top-down, pixely kind of artwork view mm-hmm. thing. Um, really cool looking, though, because they... Uh, if you've ever played Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, like it's got a similar pixel-based view, but like the animation it feels really fluid for it. I agree. That's, that's actually a good comparison that I wouldn't have drawn with Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Um, and, it's uh, otherwise nothing like Scott Pilgrim, just correct. to be it's clear. Just, just, the, just kind of like the... <laughs> just the, the, the style and the feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. not even the artwork's the same. Right. But, um, yeah, so we didn't do the adventure part, but we already had some stuff in our inventory. So Mandy was able to put some stuff on a table, and then you open the store and you just sit there, and a bunch of people come in and they buy shit and they leave when you're done. Yeah. Um, but it looks fun because it looks like all the fun stuff from like Zelda. There's some like puzzles, I imagine, but the dungeons look cool. There's different types of enemies in there. There were yeah. even some big enemies. Like. Yeah, we did venture out a little bit, um, and yeah. and it very much plays like in terms of the like battle mechanics. It very much plays like a uh, Link to the Past or like some older RPG like that. Um, and maybe yeah, even you're just more versatile, your sword. right? Because yeah. like there were different weapon types we saw. Yeah, you could roll. So there's some like dodge right. mechanics going on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the 2017 version of that kind of battle mechanic, for right, sure. Yeah, right, yeah. Like yeah. someone who had played the old one and was like, okay, well, but we can do this now. Right. Um, yeah, it looked really cool. I mean, we took their business card, and again, like we were in there for a couple minutes. Yeah. Um, but it left an impression. Yeah, we both really enjoyed it. Yeah. 
Yeah, and ultimately the goal of the game seems to be as you earn money, you can upgrade your shops or it can be bigger so you can have more table space to sell more stuff. And um, I wonder if, too, you can ultimately own more than one store in the town, maybe. I don't know. Like, I don't know what the ultimate um, well, I wonder goal too, because is other this, than upgrading. The story plot line seemed to be a bit based on, uh, it said, like, your character likes to be an adventurer. Like, they actually don't want to be a shopkeeper. Right. So I wonder if you get to a point where you're upgrading your own stuff. Like... The funds you get yeah. from your store just makes you a better adventurer. I see. And there's probably both. It would make sense if they don't let you expand your store. Because right. Yeah, it definitely goes back and forth. There's definitely a, a component I saw about upgrading the shop. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know what to what level that gets to be. Right. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, but it looked fun. So we're going to keep our eye out on it. And, uh, you know, Amanda and I are PS4 players at the moment uh, with some Wii U mixed in. Yep. So we don't really play PC games, although we might uh, hook up her laptop to do a bit more of that. If uh, the mood strikes, if we find something that seems like it'll run on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't even know what this game came out with. I should look that up. Uh, but any finishing thoughts while I look that up? Yeah, I mean, it was just, it was a really fun game. I wish we played it more. It just sort of, you know, we were, we just didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. <laughs> it took us a while to get a hang of packs. And obviously, I think if we go back next year, we'll be more prepared. But we just didn't, we weren't, didn't really know what to expect. We didn't really do a lot of research prior we just sort of went and figured we'll see what we see. So um, we were very pleasantly surprised to see all the gameplay that we got to do. And this was the first, yeah, it was just our first instance. So we didn't really know. Um, it, it's for PC, Mac, and Linux. So it's a computer-based game for sure. Yeah. I think we played it with an Xbox controller. Yeah. They had hooked up just yeah. to let the people know. Yeah. It was a Kickstarter game apparently. Yeah. Uh, they had different tiers and stuff, and it's all funded, and it's a good to go, so it should be... Co- oh, no, no, no. Steam, Xbox One, and PS4. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the first tier was... Uh, you got a free copy of it on one of those consoles. I see. Or the PC, rather. Yeah. So that's great. So something we'll definitely look for uh, to play ourselves. Yeah, and I do think it is something. It's it's not... doesn't look so complicated. It probably could run on my laptop, and, you know, for everybody right. to know, it could probably run on non-gaming PCs. Yeah, totally. Um, for sure. Um, next up, we, we played a game called Tiny... Oh, that's a faux pas. We played a game called Graveyard Keeper. By Made Tiny by Build. Tiny Build. Right. right. Uh, which is one of our sponsors. So what's up, Tiny Build? Um, yeah, we walked through the booth and there was a couple cool things, but there was an empty spot by this game called Graveyard Keeper and it looked kind of interesting. Uh, so I hopped on over there. Thank you. And uh, basically, it's a similar kind of top-down thing to uh, Moonlighter. Actually, personally, it reminds me a lot of a... Um, what's that game that everybody's telling? I yeah, that Harvest Moon-like game. Yeah. Um, Fuck. I always forget. Super califragilistic. <laughs> um, I don't know, I can think of as Harvest Moon because I said it. You said it. Damn it. Okay. Uh, I'll, it'll come yeah, to it'll me. Come to us. Okay, anyway, so it reminds me of this game that I can't tell you. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so it's a top-down thing, and you are a graveyard keeper. And it seems like the goal is you um, are responsible for burying, you know, different heroes who die or whatever. Um, and you can, like, exhume body parts. Um, Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley. <laughs> I was looking at her trying to search it, and her internet wasn't working. So she just looked at me with this defeated look. <laughs> but then I remembered Stardew yeah, Valley. Looks like, yeah, so it looks like Stardew Valley. Right. Um yeah, so like I don't I don't know why you can. We didn't get that far in the demo, but like you can pull out eyeballs and brains and stuff like that. Right, yeah, it was uh, pretty neat. 
pretty it was a pretty morbid sort of thing i mean there was a point in the game at which somebody um told you to kill a guy and you didn't at first and then you went back and you killed this guy and then you looted his corpse so well there was a weird thing where the first oh there's a skull that like is outside your door when you wake up one morning and Mm -hmm. it's the previous graveyard keeper yeah he kind of acts like this uh Jimmy Cricket kind of conscious thing. He does, yeah. Presumably, maybe you're going crazy. I don't know. Because no one, the other characters that we had met in this demo didn't... Uh, Notice the talking head. Didn't see him. Right. But the talking head basically says, kill this guy. But in a funny way. Yeah. yeah. It was very funny. And I did do it. And then eventually I did do it. Yeah, and you went I was back. Like, what the hell's your problem? Why'd you do that? I was just joking. Right. Yeah. So it's a really cheeky kind of funny game. Yeah. And, um, also looks cool. I mean, I think if I have to pick the two Moonlighter maybe had more action in it but there was definitely some like dungeon elements there was a part where a body was missing and i had to go into like underground catacombs to find the body and there were some enemies in there bats and stuff and i think uh, those enemies will probably grow right i can see zombies and things like that right even just from the trailer uh but yeah pretty fun and it was funny though that's what it was it was really funny yeah um like i said i sat down and i was the only person in the area but as i was playing it there was a bit of a crowd behind me so i think they were kind of enjoying the humor in the Mm -hmm. game also so yeah it's definitely something also to check out um i'm trying to pull up what consoles they're going to be available for as i talk apparently this is the first time the demo was available though in pax east oh cool yeah so we uh we got in early (laughs) Uh, all right, well, I'll come back and look for it. But um, So we played that. Next up, Amanda played this more, uh, but this game called Has Been Heroes. Mm. Um, you want to talk about it a bit? Yeah, sure. I don't know that I played it more. I think we both played it. But um, Has Been Heroes is, um, I mean, it's not, it, it reminded me. You're doing great. Sorry. It reminded me uh, of like, a little bit of like a, like a JRPG in terms of like just the the battle style. So you have like three characters that you're playing as, as at once, and they take it's. It was very complicated the gameplay for sure because they take turns, but also you can chain their attacks into like combos and stuff. The three of them. So um, the guy there um, mentioned that it was a lot like Plants vs Zombies the way it was. So there's lanes in which each of your three heroes um, can attack. Um, yeah and and you just end up enemies are moving at you and you're moving towards them simultaneously and so you end up just chaining these attacks and you don't want the enemies of course to get to you just like in plants versus zombies so um, so yeah and there's magic involved there were spells there is attacks um, and then ultimately there's also these two princesses that you're I think you're trying to escort or something is the, right. the plot of the game so they're um well, because your heroes don't seem to take damage. The princesses do. Right. Right. So you're trying to stop these enemies from progressing too far forward. Otherwise, the princesses start taking damage. And... Right. Yeah. So, and they have, the princesses too, seem to have like a, almost like a super, um, once you've chained enough things, they can they can hop in also with these attacks. So, yeah, it was really fun. It was really complicated. So I feel like we needed more time to figure it out. But I, I did... From what I, I played of it, I feel like it would be really fun if I knew more what I was doing. Right, right. <laughs> you know, if I had a better sense of um, how to chain these things and, and that sort of thing. It was a little bit a little bit complicated to just play a demo of and then walk away after five minutes, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I agree that um, it was definitely complicated. And that might be what's fun about it 
is like it's a little bit more advanced than like a Plants vs Zombies. Definitely. Um, <clears throat> but uh, and it's fast. It felt really, really fast. fast. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, so there's even, no time for you to like try to figure it out. Because we even started on an early level because they reset the demo for us or whatever. Right. And um, yeah, it just felt really really fast and. Um, it's good. The artwork was fun. Yeah, I liked the artwork too. Yeah, and I think once you get it, like once you're going, right, you'll feel pretty cool, like linking that stuff together. It's like a matter of timing because each hero has stamina, mm-hmm. and um, so when you do the chaining, like Amanda was saying, uh, you could like bring in all three heroes to fight one lane, right? And if you time it well, maybe you could continuously string it because we were new. We were just like doing everything up front, and then yeah. we'd have like this period of time where all the cooldowns are resetting. Totally. And we couldn't quite figure out the spells. No. Yeah. yeah, it was a little, it was definitely tricky, but it yeah. does seem like it'd be a lot of fun. And I think the guy, I can't remember exactly how many hours you said, but I feel like you said there was like 200 hours of gameplay there or something. Yeah. I so wonder, I think it's huge. Right. Uh, I think that's a really cool thing that a lot of developers have been doing lately are things that are like um, algorithms for randomly generated content. Mm-hmm. Um, because this did seem like there was levels because it was like a world map. But I wonder if you get to a point where... Um, it's like a endless mode where, you know, it just does the math and it's like, okay, well, you're going to start early and easy and these are the enemies that we use easy. And then once we hard it, we make the bad guy stronger. We make the number of bad guys more whatever. And then, like, you could presumably play, like, all the time. Right, yeah. yeah. And it seems like a thing where you kind of uh, advertise, like, your high score then at that point. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, it did seem yeah. that way for sure. Um, just to jump back real quick, Graveyard Keeper is going to be available for PC and Xbox One. Um, the quick description for it on their website is um, the most inaccurate medieval cemetery management sim of 2017. Yeah, it didn't seem like sorry, it did seem like a management Yeah, that's why Stardew Valley I think comes to mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, been Heroes is going to be actually out for the Switch, the PS4, Windows, and Xbox One. I thought it was already out. I think it was free on on Steam already or something. It's scheduled to be released uh, March 28th. Okay, soon. So real soon. But maybe there was a beta on Steam or something. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Oh, we got some sweet pins from that one. We got the same pin, though. We did. The old guy character. Yeah. He, um, is he the tank? I can't remember. I don't remember either. Yeah. He was a monk. Mm, maybe he was yeah. the uh, spell guy. Maybe. Yeah. Um, it is developed by Frostbite and published by Game Trust. So there you go. Its genre is roguelike. I've heard this expression a lot. I don't really know what roguelike is. Mm. There was a rogue. One of the characters is Rogue. Let's see. Roguelike is a subgenre of role-playing games characterized by a dungeon crawl through procedurally generated game levels, turn-based gameplay, tile-based graphics, and permanent death of the player character. So there you go. Got it. Actually, which I guess makes sense because maybe like there's minimal checkpoints. Yeah. Like you're trying to get as far as you can in the game until you die. Yep. And then you hop back. Um, that would make sense. I'm just going to turn this up because I feel like we're low. Behind the scenes, guys. Okay, so that's that. Up next, we've got uh, Splody. Splody was super fun. Yeah. So that was out on on Steam, I think. Yeah. They yeah. they were doing this cool thing where basically you could pay like what you want at the convention for a code to play the game. Oh, it was what you want? 
No, I think it was like just a few bucks cheaper or something. I thought that's what I had heard, but maybe maybe I'm lying. Maybe I'm full of shit. I think you might be. You fuck. I think there was a like a price point that was cheaper if you bought it at the convention. Yeah, it was definitely cheaper at the convention for yeah. sure. Um, so basically, well, Amanda and I have different histories of um, Bomberman. Yeah. Because you played a lot of Bomberman 64. Correct. And I remember Bomberman on PlayStation 1. Right. And this game really was reminiscent of PlayStation 1 Bomberman. Again, another top-down view. Uh, this level is generated with breakable objects that are hindering your access to the rest of the level. You drop a single bomb to destroy those things, and as you find upgrades, you can drop more bombs, or the bombs have a larger spread, or upgrades for your character that kind of thing yeah the thing that um is definitely different than bomberman is that the bomberman bombs always had a um like a circular spread and they could just be bigger or smaller depending on the bomb but the, these bombs blew up in cross patterns that's how the ps1 was yeah oh it was because it went okay. down like lanes and stuff i see right but yeah exactly for the n64, n64 version it matters it was a 3d space right yeah because yeah. it was three-dimensional exactly um yeah, so so I, then that makes sense. But yeah, it's a cross for the for the bombs. I was very bad at this, let me tell you. But the thing that I think is really exciting about this game is we played, I think, with four people. Yes. Um, but it seems like you can play online, and it seemed like the woman there repping the game said that you, the most they played with was 16 people. And we saw some video clips later. We looked up on YouTube the trailer, so you guys can go and look up any of these games. We, we checked them out on YouTube. Um, and it seems nuts when there's 16 people playing, like just crazy. I mean, I thought four was crazy, and I was definitely trash at it. So I can't imagine playing with that many people. But it seems really, um, that's really cool, I think. Yeah. The, on their site here, it says as many local players as you can connect controllers. Right. So probably four. Right. And then you can play online, though. Um, it says four through 20 recommended. Wow. Um and there's some like really cool like little touches too. Like you could pick your character in the very beginning out of you know, uh, you know, pretty wide range of different looking characters. Yeah, there were like t- how many were there? Say like ten, eight yeah, or ten, at maybe. Least. And I bet that's something that they could. I mean, they could either add it in for DLC or mm-hmm. it's it seems really small. They could even do like free patches. I bet. Yeah, probably. Um, and uh, so you pick your character, and then you walk through a row of color that's your primary color, and then you walk through another row of color that's like your highlight color. Yeah. So it's kind of cool because then like we could all play as robot ninjas or whatever, but like I could be a pink and green one, and you could be like a blue and green one. Yeah, it was nice to have that green and green one. personalized touch to your character for sure. <clears throat> yeah, in a way that like you know if you're playing Bomberman, you're just playing different like four colors. Right, yeah. Yeah. So it was cool. I mean, it doesn't add anything to the gameplay, but just all Fine. that personalization stuff is nice. I agree. Um, it, it's supposed to come out the 21st, so Tuesday, actually. And uh, it's going to be – it's live on the Steam store now, so you can check that out. But um, it'll be out on Linux and OS X for beta, and that's it. So definitely a PC game faux show. But if it grows, it could be something that they port to consoles for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I bet they'll minimize how many people can play. Probably. Because 20's cray cray. Yeah, it'd be nuts. <laughs> uh, yeah, but really fun. I mean, we sat there. We played like four or five rounds, I think. It we was did. First I think three. you won. Yeah, I did win. I did win. Uh, yeah, I did trash. I came in absolute but, dead last. Because you and I started playing mm-hmm. uh, with some... Uh, I think it was just you and me, actually. And then these other we did. people joined Two in. people joined us, yeah. yeah. So I already had an unfair advantage. Cause That's true. I started off winning. But... I'm very good at video games. You're very good at video games. 
Speaking of being very good at video games, um, we also, just because this isn't really a game to talk about, but we did get to play with the Nintendo Switch for the first time. Oh, yeah. Oh, I see what I see what's happening here. <laughs> so we, we played a round of Mario Kart 8. It was the deluxe edition, so it had all the DLC there. Um, Plus, like, the new stuff that the Switch is bringing, like the uh, Splatoon characters. Right. Shiz. Yeah, and I played as one of the... Uh, I played as the Splatoon girl. I think they're called like Squeeze or Inky Butts. Inky, inky girl and Inky Shit boy. Yeah, like I think so. Um, we haven't played Splatoon yet, guys. We'd really like to. We just haven't gotten there yet. Anyway. Um, yeah, but I I mean, I beat everybody's butt at Mario Kart. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you were like in. Place. Did you? I thought you were in like fourth. Uh, maybe I ended up in fourth. I was in seventh for a long time. I think you ended up in fourth, but the other two guys we were playing with were Inklings. behind you. Inklings. That's it. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So it was really interesting with the Switch because obviously we've never played it before, um, but the line was hella short. Yeah, it was pretty short. We, we only had to like wait like minutes. a round or two, yeah. I think, and they only let us play one right. course, obviously. Um, but we got a uh, pin for it. Yeah, and it was exclusive to the game you're playing, and it seemed like all the other games had their own pins. So oh. if we waited in line for other games, we could have got more pins. The Breath of the Wild line was hella long. Three hours, they said. Yeah, and I can't even fathom this because, like, the game is out, bros. That's right. Just get it. Just get it. Let <laughs> me watch a watch a let's play. Don't wait in three hours yeah. to play a game that you can just go get right now. Yeah, really crazy. <laughs> really crazy. Um, anyway, but uh, okay. Yeah, the Switch was fun. I mean, not to go too in-depth in it because we didn't have a lot of experience, but the setup was basically you're just sitting around the table and they had four Switch units yep. independent of each other. So it was four different games that meant. Right. Um, and I guess we were in a... We all, were all like in a local, like a LAN party or something like that. And it was just the four of us going against each other. We had to beat everybody's butt. Um, but it felt pretty comfortable. It did. Yeah, I mean, we have Mario Kart 8 for the Wii U, and I play on the gamepad right. because it's my Wii U. So <laughs> so I'm the gamepad player, and I have to say, the Switch feels almost identical. Yeah. Uh, a little bit different. It's definitely a little smaller, a little less clunky. It's a little thinner. Yeah. But also, like, the joysticks are smaller, and the buttons, I think, are smaller, too. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, it felt exactly the same, which is, I think, why I had the advantage because I play on the gamepad. Well, let me ask you this. Um before I add my two cents here, is uh, did you think the screen was better? Because it was a night a, co- a couple days ago you spent playing Breath of the Wild on the gamepad alone. Did you notice a difference between playing Breath of the Wild on the gamepad or playing... I think, yeah, I think the Switch screen is bigger. Yeah. I, th- I think it's wider. I'm not sure about taller, but it's definitely wider. Because yeah. um, definitely like edge to edge. And yeah, I do yeah. think... I, I'm, I have to say, Breath of the Wild looked great on the gamepad. I should have okay. let you look at it when I was playing. So the gamepad, that isn't... This isn't to slight the gamepad at all, because I think it's, it's pretty solid. But yeah, I'd say, if anything, the Switch, the graphics the screen was a little more... was a little better. Right. But I wouldn't say by a whole lot, because I think the gamepad screen resolution is, is actually pretty good. Right. But it's a smaller screen, and yeah, et cetera, et cetera. So. Okay. Um, yeah, I thought it was really... I mean, honestly, it's really stupid, but we walked away from... Like, we knew. Switch was coming out. We're like, we're fine. There's not yeah, we weren't going to buy it, because I had the Wii U. I was buying Breath of the Wild on the Wii U, because I purchased my Wii U, so I could play Breath of the Wild right. years, years ago, ago. Yeah. before they delayed it 10,000 times. So... Um, so I was just I was doing that, and also I felt strongly about playing Breath of the Wild on the Wii U because of what happened with Twilight Princess. Um, I played Twilight Princess on the Wii, 
And ultimately, I think the GameCube version of Twilight Princess was better because they spent the time developing the game for the GameCube. Right. Now I have to say, I don't regret my decision to play on the Wii U because I already have it and it just makes sense. But I think because the Wii U and the Switch are so similar in mm-hmm. a way that GameCube and Wii were completely different, um, probably the game is equally good. On, on yeah, yeah, I think so. And I actually think they might have taken some stuff away from the Wii U version because of say, the Switch. Because we recall watching Miyamoto playing a couple years ago during like a one of those treehouse streams during an E3, I think. Yeah, it was an E3, maybe in 2014. Like, yeah, and they had like a live map, if I recall. Or maybe 15. On the gamepad. They did. Right. So you're watching the TV, but you have a map on your gamepad. So honestly, you could just look down and be like, oh, I need to go last. Yeah, it was awesome. And now that's not the case. Yeah. So I think that's because of the Well, because you get the stupid image on the gamepad that just constantly says, tap here to play on gamepad. Yeah, it's so stupid. Yeah, definitely not utilizing the the purpose of the flipping pad. Right, exactly. Uh, Yeah, and and that's such a disappointment because the Wii U gamepad was underutilized for the entire system's life. There aren't a lot of games that made good use of that second screen. Captain Toad, So it's a bummer. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. But still, like, that could have been better. And yeah, yeah, mostly it just serves as a second screen and it's like, why? Right. Um, But the Switch, obviously, because it's portable, they couldn't have that be a separate map because they want you to be able to play it. Because once it's hooked up to the TV, you can't even see the damn screen. Correct, right. Yeah. So it was really great. And right, we played it and we're like, okay, we both want one now. Yeah, now we're going to buy a Switch. (laughs) Probably in the fall when the new Mario game comes out. Yeah. So we might talk about the Switch more then. Splatoon 2, maybe we'll check out too, even though we, we never got to Splatoon. Get to? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, because really, we could just play one. That's all we need for a TV. Well, but people have to be playing it. What do you mean? Splatoon? Oh, Splatoon. Yeah. Oh, oh no, sorry, sorry, what are you talking, talking about? about Switches. Oh, Switch. How many Switches are we getting? Oh, only one. What? Why would we get two Switches? So we could both play together. Oh, shut up. Okay, all right. right. We have two PS4s. We can't be the couple that has two of every system. Not every system. Just the ones that count. Oh my God, you're crazy. (laughs) It's okay. If more games come out, I'd be interested in getting myself a Switch also. But if not... Well, because, I mean, really, the handheldness of it is really great. Well, that's what's great about it. Yeah, like, the idea that I could be playing Breath of the Wild on my commute to work sounds fantastic. Aside from the motion sickness. Well, yeah, then I'd be sick, yeah. But, um... Yeah, because realistically, I don't do that. I'm really good. I like I like my mobile games. I feel happy with mobile games, and yeah. carrying around the Switch seems annoying to me. Right. Um, I think I would. Yeah, but and I think you could. Yeah. Because I drive. Yeah, right, right. I don't have as many downtime. And yeah, I I've got that, a ton of downtime on my commute. I don't think there's a lot of accidents caused by driving and Switch playing at the same time, but they I will imagine be. I would be the beginning <laughs> of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's a fun little console. I still don't know if it's worth it at the moment, but... Uh, I mean, it's only 300 bucks, so I feel like it's... Yeah. But, it, but the problem is we don't have any any content right yeah. now. So that's, yeah, what we, that's what we decided we wanted to wait and see. And right. I would just play Breath of the Wild on the Wii U. And I feel fine about the decision. Yeah. I don't regret it for a second. Because we have a friend who was at PAX who had, he had already mentioned previously, and he just reiterated that, that he felt bad. Buyer's remorse. For, for not, not buying. For not buying the Wii, uh, no, the, the Switch. Switch yeah. Because he's playing Breath of the Wild. And as he's playing, he's like, man, like I could play this all the time if I had the Switch. Right, yeah. He lives in New York City, so he's like, I could play on the subway and that yeah. would be great, yeah. you know? So, so there you go. Small bit. I believe Shylock's uh, put up a uh, episode about the Switch, if you want to check that out. Yeah. Um, Shylock's Game Podcast, a podcast yeah. I used to be a part of. It's not great. We don't need to talk about the Switch anymore. We can switch we can move on. the subject. So, I just needed to like defend my honor that I'm also good at video games. I was just really bad at well, Splody. It was, it was good bringing it up, though, because uh, 
we probably won't play a switch again for a long while so yeah we yeah. probably won't bring so it up first again guys sorry pretty good yeah we enjoyed it um Amanda played a game called Y2K, a postmodern RPG. Yeah. So I just watched it. I didn't hear anything, but I saw some text and it looked pretty funny. It is very funny, yeah. This was actually, which would have been a natural thing to talk about after Graveyard Keeper, because the humor is kind of similar. It's very tongue-in-cheek sort of humor. Um, it, uh, yeah, it's pretty classic RPG, it seemed, um, except that it's just set in like a normal universe like just a guy who lives in a house and he it looks like he's back in his hometown or something like that yeah, it looks like he's coming home from college yeah it seems so. that way and he ends up on this adventure so I, I you know i walked him over to the woods there was a cat i followed it it stole something of mine i had a shopping list from your mom that's right so i went to chase the cat and i ended up in a um abandoned building that yeah, sort of chemicals served stuff. as a dungeon yeah. so there were things in there to battle and it was just it was very comical very like um hipstery i guess is the way I, I would describe it because i i'm imagining the game is set in the year 2000 1990s it says okay but right so probably leading up to leading Y2K. up to yeah y2k so um yeah so it was just like it, it seemed that way like he battled his weapon was an old record right. um that was a 90s song i can't remember what it was but it was it was some 90s music on a record um, that he used as his weapon, and I didn't collect anybody else in my party, but it's so I don't know how many ultimately eight, eight in your party. Well, I don't know how probably can't play as one, right. but you have eight playable eight characters. Players, yeah. It says uh, probably Y2K three is a turn-based Japanese-style RPG set in the 1990s about eight strangers, a mysterious woman who vanishes in an elevator, and the supernatural. Right. Which also Amanda was fighting some ghosts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I mean, I only got to play for 10 or 15 minutes, and it actually took me a while to figure out where it was I was supposed to go when I hopped into it. Well, yeah, I think part of that, too, is because you didn't really start at the beginning of I a didn't. demo. Someone left, and you just kind of... Yeah, hopped in, yeah. And that's always a tricky part with that. Yeah, so... Um, but yeah, so no, yeah, it has some... Um, what do you call it? Uh, kind of like Pokemon slash yeah, Final Fantasy. Turn-based kind of JRPG, I like think. You... you go into a space and then you when you encounter something hostile it switches into a battle mode, correct as opposed to like you're just fighting stuff out in the open world yeah yeah it's very classic I, I definitely would recommend it to anybody who has a good sense of humor and enjoys a jrpg because it, it really is it's like um old school final fantasy used to play that way i don't think they play that way anymore i haven't played a final fantasy game in years yeah, i don't see a date but it's coming out for ps4 ps vita wii u and steam yeah. So, uh, yeah, you can check it out. And actually, um, I didn't know this when I played the game, but uh, a friend of mine messaged me later being like, hey, did I see you at, at the convention? And I was like, oh, yeah, I was there. And um, I said that I was playing Y2K there or whatever that, that she saw me. And it's actually her husband's game. He actually developed it. So um, that's pretty crazy. We're not sponsored by them. We are not. So Amanda's positive comments are honest comments. Yes. There's no money from it. Yes. Um, so there you go. Uh, any last comments about it? We'll move on. Uh, do you know what the name of the company is? I just closed it. Oh, sorry. It's fine. I just feel bad not to not to give the companies the credit that, that they're due for de- developing these games that we're talking about. Reopen, close the tab. <laughs> <laughs> And it's at the bottom. <laughs> uh, WordPress. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, 
Jesus, I can't see. Yeah, da, 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 da. Release date early 2017. Expected platforms. A lot of pictures of some scary lady. Um, who is Ack? A-C-K-K. I wonder if this is the company. Yep. Ack Studios, LLC. Founded by Andrew and Brian Alanson in 2010. Yeah. You recognize yeah, any of those people? Yeah, Andrew is my friend's husband. Looks like a nerd. He does look like a nerd. I've never met him. Anyway. Andrew. Pretty cool. Let's see. <laughs> You're just going to judge this fellow? Yeah. All right, fair enough. Uh, there's no picture. Um, the game, by the way, just for clarity, is called oh, Y Roman right. numeral 2K. That's right. Yeah. So Y I I K. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll, there's three games that we really enjoyed that I'm going to push toward the end. Okay. So we'll talk about the three games, three other things that were fine. Okay. Uh, I played this horror game called Dying Reborn. Oh yeah. Um, it was fine. <laughs> that's it. That's all. That's all I could give it. Maybe it opens up. Oh, and I really too. I think um, what Pax has taught me is that there's definitely a negative experience to be had when a booth person is up in your grill walking you through yep and i get it he's trying to move the line yep but i wasn't able to like figure i couldn't solve the puzzles on my own right so i couldn't tell if they were clever right so he's like okay you're gonna need a coin i'm like well fuck you dude right yeah you just told me the answer right yeah but um voice acting wasn't that great but i you know i don't know if it's like an early game or if it's out already or whatever but um, and also too, I mean, not for nothing. A lot of these things are independent studios and stuff, so that's why. Right. You know, if it's a, but if the quality of the game is there, then I'm sure that kind of stuff will be better the next run around. Right. Also, to be noted, you just you played it with a PlayStation controller, I believe. I, I, I played it like a regular PS4 experience, but it's available also for PSVR. That being said, though, the whole game is only available for regular PS4 experiences. Oh, interesting. Only two or three chapters they said is available for PSVR. Gotcha. Well, maybe they'll work on that. But I, I just wonder if the VR experience would have been better, especially if somebody wasn't guiding you. Well, I will Might say there was nothing it. specifically scary about what I had done in that gotcha. small part. Yeah. And one of the puzzles, and the dude didn't even get a chance to tell me because I figured it out, but I do a bunch of shit. There is a uh, door that needs a three-character combo to open it. Mm-hmm. And right to the left of the door is a poster that says M-U-R. Yeah. So, der, right? Right. it's scary. Right. So it's like murder? Yeah. And I solved it and it was over and yada yada. Right. It was fine. Apparently there's a bad guy in it that has a fish head. Yeah, we got a t-shirt. Yeah, a t-shirt. I sleep in it. To sleep in, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. That's fine. But at the same booth, I guess by the same company, and I'll look that up uh, while Amanda talks about it, but we played a VR game called uh, Pixel, Pixel Gear. Yeah, Pixel Gear was a lot of fun. So I watched somebody play it in a one-player mode, and it just looks like a, you know, it's like a shooter. So you had, uh, what are those things called? The um, controllers? Move. Yeah, the PlayStation Move um, controller. And you had the PlayStation VR headset on, and you just shot at things, basically. It looked like in the fir- in the one-player mode. Um, but what we did, actually, was play... This was my first time ever playing VR, so J-Ray was very kind and let me be the VR player. But we actually played a multiplayer version with me and him, and actually one other guy jumped in after, too. So they were playing with controllers, PlayStation controllers, and I had the VR the PSVR and the um, PS Move controller. And in that version, they had to like hide from me. You can describe a little bit what that that looked like for you. But for me, I had to decide which of these things that were moving around a map um, 
were them trying to hide from me and then I had to shoot them. And if I shot something incorrectly, it dropped coins on the ground. So if it was just, it wasn't one of them. Um, and they were trying to get those coins. And if they collected a certain number of coins before uh, the time ran out, then they won or I won if they didn't, um, basically. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess what it looked like from when we were waiting in line was that maybe as a single-player experience, it's more of like a, a defensive game. Like you're yeah. in a stationary position trying not to get killed mm-hmm. by these like cool-looking pixely Minecraft yeah, the art was very game. like yeah. colorful and fun. It, it was yeah, it was nice. Um, but this multiplayer experience, which honestly is probably reminiscent of something like uh, the newest Mario Party game for the Wii U, where there is an individual who has special controls, the gamepad or your VR headset. Oh right, yeah. You're playing against all the other people with a controller. Yeah. And as she said, her, her goal was to stop us from collecting these coins because we had a, a point to hit that would allow us to win. Right. Or if you fought us off long enough, then we would lose. Um, we would spawn in sometimes as enemies that were already on the board. Mm-hmm. Or we would spawn in as inanimate objects. But we could always move and it was always the same speed. The trick of it for us was to not move because we could see her cone, like uh, old school Metal Gear. You know, we saw her cone of vision. So when she's not looking at us, we knew and we were able to kind of like run around and collect those coins. But when she saw us, presumably we were supposed to stay still. Right. And it's, there's a lot going on, though. And I don't know what she sees, but sometimes we would like still be a barrel and moving. walk forward. And maybe she wouldn't notice because there's other stuff moving. Right. Um, similarly, we would also spawn in as just the enemies. Yeah, which are like little skeleton guys or, or other was, such enemies. The tricky thing about that was, one, as an enemy, she just wants to shoot us anyways. So it's hard to be safe in that context. But I would say because I think she lost at least one of the times... I think I did lose once and won once. That, um, like she said, if she shoots regular AI enemies, they drop coins, which is what we need. So she probably shouldn't have shot as many people as she did that time she lost. Yeah, I didn't understand it at first. I thought I was supposed to kill all of them, so I just started shooting them all, and then there were way too many coins on the board for these guys to pick up. So So if she had, but if she had played with that strategy in mind, it would have been a little bit easier for us to not be, um, to be those enemies. Because uh, the way it was set up at the moment, like every time she saw us as a skeleton, we'd just get shot in the face. So right. it was pretty fun. And it's like tense in a way. And I think it'd be even funner with more people. Right. Um, because the checkpoint is like there's more coins required for us to win. I imagine more time for you. Yeah. So everything just kind of feels more like pinched you know, yeah. in terms of timing. It was really fun though. Yeah. So that was Pixel Gear. Um, it's... Uh, so it's a VR-only game, obviously, with these other options. It's out now. It's by Oasis Games, developed by Geronimo Interactive. The other game we discussed is called Dying Reborn. Um, also by Oasis. Yeah, I believe it's by the same company. Yeah. Uh, the internet does not have a lot of kind things to say about it. <laughs> um, it has a 2 out of 5 on Metacritic. Which I think you'd say you'd agree with. Yeah, that sounds Based accurate. on what you played. But... Uh, Similarly, it's out uh, for PSVR and for regular PS4. Cool. Um, another thing we got to play with was the Surface Pro. So it had a lot of areas. There was like a, a tabletop area. 
So it was a PC free play area, console free play. And then they actually had a Surface free play area, which was weird. Right? It is kind of weird. Um, and we don't, I don't really know a lot about the Surface. I don't think you do either. Not at we, all. We've seen them in the wild. Yes. <laughs> um, the but, Microsoft Surface. Yeah. But we know like they're laptop like. We know that they're touchscreen and the touchscreen is actually really good because you saw someone drawing with one once. I did, yeah. Um, but I never thought about it for like gaming or anything. There's commercials uh, for it before movies. Mm. That one with like the kid who's like a composer. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. But they had all these set up and there was Steam on it. So it runs basically like a laptop. Good to know. And we played Rocket League on it. So it's glad that we traveled three and a half, four hours out of our way to go play Rocket League. Which is what we pretty much spend our whole day doing every day at home. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, but it ran really well. Yeah, it did. Yeah, I gotta say the frame rate was fine. There was a lot more emotion blur to kind of accommodate for some of the thing. But uh, it ran well. We played with Xbox controllers. We did. And um, yeah, that's about it. I don't think we tried to... Oh, I played another game, uh, Overcooked, which I think you would have dug. Oh. Um, The story was basically a huge monster slash gaiju kind of thing is attacking the city. Okay. You're on a rooftop... That happens to be a kitchen. And you're just trying to prepare meals to satiate the beast so it doesn't eat you. I would have loved that, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you use a button on the controller to switch between cooks on different sides of the kitchen. Because you, as one cook, you have access to the whole thing. I see. But sometimes you just want to jump over there to save time. Right. You know, So it was kind of interesting that way. Cool. And I guess, too, there's tasks that take time. So like you set a yep. chef to cut lettuce. It takes 20 seconds. Right. So you need the second chef to do something else. Otherwise, you're just waiting 20 seconds. Yep. Yeah, I love games like that. Yeah. And I've heard good feedback about it generally. And apparently, there's a really good multiplayer mode for it. So Cool. Something to check out. Yeah, but the Surface was fun. I don't know. I mean, I don't think I'd ever pick it over buying a PC. Sure. um, Or just a straight tablet. Okay. But I don't know, actually. Maybe if it was a tablet, maybe I would have. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was was fun. And we, like I said... Played all those games really well. In a yeah, way that we're great. not one hundred percent sure our the existing laptop we use might. Yeah, for sure. So it's yeah, it's just good to know those options. So that was fun. Uh, yes. All right. So the next three are the heavy hitters. All right. Okay. These. Are, what are the heavy hitters? I have to. So I'll start with this oh, first yeah, one yeah. because I have more invested in it. But we played Absolver. Yeah. Absolver was announced at E three last summer, I think. Um, and I saw it. I loved it. I was like take my money (laughs) um essentially what absolver is is this um it's described in one sentence as an online melee action game um there is an open world element to it and that really i think you just kind of travel and find things i don't know if there's specifically missions you have to do aside from that tutorial level that we played in the demo right um you are a lone warrior the art's really cool. The it's art kind is of, really cool. Yeah, it's got. It's kind really of like gorgeous. A, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's it is very blocky for the uh, surrounding, like your environment. But the characters are modeled. I don't know, just kind of like you're made up of stuff, like you're like a Mad Max in the forest kind of clothing, yeah. you know. And everybody wears masks. Like yeah. that's the big thing, right? So there's no faces, but. Um, as you travel the world, you learn different moves and different punches and kicks or whatever. And then as a player, I can decide how I want to map that out. So I can have my own combos that are really specific to me. Right. 
And then that gives me my own fighting style. Mm-hmm. So when I encounter AI enemies or other players in the world, you know, I'll fight them and it could be something they've never seen before, or at least in a way that they've never seen it. There's weapons, which we didn't get to. No. Um, but yeah, it seems really fun. Actually, so not, we'll talk about it in a bit, but I'm playing For Honor right now. Um, but like For Honor, Dark Souls, and then Absolver have this really similar, like, the one-on-one fighting is really important. Right. Like, you need to know when to dodge, you need to know when to block, how to counter, that kind of thing, in a way that, like, was kind of saved more for Street Fighter and Tekken, like, yep. you know, those melee games. Right. Um, but the art style was fun, the fighting was fun, I, I think I, 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 I beasted through a lot of it, so much so that one of the devs was like, hey you and this other person are further along you want to do a 1v1 his name was Absolver 3 okay. I was Absolver 8 yeah he wrecked me <laughs> destroyed me so hard I was so mad at this guy right and then so we actually did it twice because the first time um, he got disconnected oh during, during the one round I won yeah of course I was course. like rage quit yeah uh, but obviously he didn't because he couldn't touch the console right <laughs> so, so the dev helped us set it up again and he just wiped the floor I didn't even win one yeah yeah because um, you know you have like a stamina Mm-hmm. You know, as some moves that are more powerful have a delay or whatever, and I didn't really get to fiddle with my moves, so I probably didn't have the most optimal setup or whatever, but um, do kick my butt. Yeah. Um, then the line was hella long, too. Longest line we sat in, for sure. Yeah. It was like an hour, at least. Yeah, at least. Maybe yeah, maybe, maybe closer longer. to two. Um, but it comes out this summer. Um, we signed up for betas. We did. Um, at the moment, I feel like I'm going to buy it. Yeah. But I'll wait for... I'm not going to pre-order it. I don't pre-order games. <laughs> right. It's ridiculous. After the whole No Man's Sky debacle. But... Uh, what a debacle. I'm I'm in line to see what else they have to offer for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. he was really excited about this game. Yeah, ultimately, he... I mean, he waited in the line for most of the time. He's the one who wanted to play it. And I went around and did some shopping while he was waiting. And then I jumped back in line. And um, I wasn't really going to play because I sort of felt bad to take up the time for people who really wanted to play. And it is, it's really not my thing. It's a J-Ray kind of game. It's not an Amanda kind of game. But it was really pretty and it was still really, really fun and cool. And I'm excited to watch him play it because it just looks really nice, you know? Yeah. There was so. some there was some things about the world that seemed, I mean, the trailer's great. Yeah. And that's the problem with everything. Mm-hmm. Trailers can be really misleading. But there's like, once you get through that tutorial level, you end up in the open world. Mm-hmm. And of course, at that time, it's only the eight people that were playing at the same time. Um, and you have the option of walking next to those players and like kind of continuing the journey with them or you could sock the shit out of them yeah i when i was playing i I like fought one guy once and he killed me and i came back and then we fought another guy together so it's kind of nice that you can make those choices it gives you like this note that says like you are being hostile right um to give you that heads up (laughs) sorry the dog (laughs) she's doing this thing that i call t-rexing where basically she, she puts her front paws in just puts her face on the floor and then uses her back paws to push forward. She's trying to itch her neck. That's what it is, yeah. So it's that open worldness that is interesting to me in a way that Destiny and the Division were disappointing. Right. Because like Destiny, you're running around the open world and you've run into two or three other players or whatever, but there's no like real interaction. Yeah. You can't trade gear, you can't fight them. Right. You could help fighting them. Like help help them fight, fight yeah. enemies. Yeah. That's fine. And then the division, the regular world, you can't run into anybody anyways. Um, you have to do it in that dark zone, which is that center area of New York. Right. And um, even there, again, the trailer is just really misleading. Like, the trailer makes it like, you're two people, 
you're going side by no you're three people mm-hmm. and you're going side by side and then there's two other people that are like you're not sure about but they seem to be fighting the same thing you're fighting so you team up with them and then you're going to an extraction zone and then you're like hey let's betray these two guys right and then the trailer ends with the third person on your team who hasn't talked at all betraying you also right um and that's what this game seems interesting because it seems like it happens all the time especially right. based on what we played which right. is nice because we played it Yep. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited about it. Amanda is fine about it. Yeah, it's fine. And, uh, it looks it's just good. not for me. I think it looks like a great game. It's just not my game. That's all. That's totally fair. Um, next up, uh, we played this sweet VR game called uh, I Expect You to Die. Which is also already out, I think. I believe It's that out is for the too. PSVR and the... No, it's out for the Vive. I think it's out for both those things. It's out for the Oculus now. Oh, and not the Vive. And not the Vive. Yeah, I, I did play the test build for... Oh, and it's also out for PSVR, though. PSVR, that that's what I thought there. so. Yeah. I played on the Oculus, um, the PSVR, it is available for, and then the Vive is the... T- it, they're gonna, it will be available right, for the right, Vive. Right. They were doing playtesting at the show, which is what I played. Right. Um, the description is, be a world-class spy in this virtual reality escape-the-room puzzle game. What I thought was really funny about it was that they have this like nonsense explanation that you are a spy with telekinetic powers. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, because basically you can't move around. A lot of VR games, especially now, are you're stationary and you're interacting with stuff. Right. Uh, so to help you solve puzzles, they give you this telekinesis where you basically just point at an object and pull it toward you. Um, but yeah, it was really fun. Amanda, she didn't mess up, but she did. I did. Because she watched the whole trailer, the intro, rather, of the game. The intro credits, because they were beautiful, and right. I really appreciated them. But that ended up taking up, like, a third of her time. Yeah, yeah. So, so I didn't get did. to play that much, because they tagged me out. Like, as soon as I got through the tutorial and got to the actual first level, yeah. I, like they were like, yeah, it's time for you to stop. <laughs> so that was kind of a bummer. But uh, really fun, really fun. Uh, it's a good-looking game. Um, yeah, the VRs are really... I mean, again, this weekend was the first weekend I ever played any VR. I tried the shooter game, which was cool and fine and whatever, but this was this was really, I think, what VR should do. Right. And it was really intuitive and really easy as on the Oculus anyway. The controls were really natural, and right. it was really cool. Yeah, because she had played that Pixel Gear game, but I really wanted her to play something like this because I had played the Vive at a GameStop, and it was kind of like a running through a lot of different VR experiences and that's when you got to like use your hands and touch stuff and pick things up and yeah. all the physics things. So I really wanted to experience that. And fortunately we were able to line up for this game like right toward the tail end of Sunday. Yeah, it was the last thing we did before we left. Yeah. And um but yeah, no, it played really well. It's a very polished VR game, I think. I agree. Yeah, yeah, really good. Um yeah, so it's available for those two things now, playtesting for Vive, so that might come out at some point also. But yeah, it was really good. It's funny yeah and again so the plot is you're sort of like this james bondy type detective guy and you Mm -hmm. get trapped in situations and you have to figure out how to get out of them before you die right and they expect you to die that's right (laughs) uh the first one is like you're in a locked car in a cargo plane and the cargo plane itself is filled with poison gas right so you can't like roll down your windows because the gas will come in you can't shoot out your windows same deal and then there's like other things in the car that are booby trapped there's like a laser that tries to shoot you as you turn the car on and there's uh TNT rigged with different wires that you have to like cut in an order or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's like hints all around the car. And like any other kind of game that doesn't really tell you much, like you're, if you find the hints and if you don't, then you die and you remember what you messed up and don't do it again, that kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah, but it was really fun. Really, really good time. And um, 
still, I mean, not for nothing, but a lot of these experiences I don't think have sold me on, like, getting anything that's VR-related. Like, yeah. they're fun to play them the one-off. Yeah. But I can't imagine sitting down anywhere and being like... What's well, the thing? It's, like, heavy on your head. I can't imagine wearing it for more than an hour at the most without being like, my neck is tired. Well, the Oculus you had had built-in headphones, so it's yeah, all it did. one piece. Yeah, Was that comfortable? It was. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, the vibe you... did not have more headphones. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, the only problem I had with the oculus versus the playstation vr and i don't know if it's a problem maybe it's a better thing but i could see out the bottom of it if i look directly down kind of like if you're a person who wears glasses and you look directly down mm. so you're, the vr you know, fit not, better the vr fit better at least on my head or maybe i just sized it better when i put it yeah. on i don't know but um well it felt like there was more fitting at i expect you to die's booth yeah they fit it on your head they say is that comfortable and they tighten all the straps or whatever the dude with the vr headset the psvr just popped it on your head yeah but i guess because he let me do it maybe it was just oh, easier maybe. to do it yeah. myself but maybe it also is just more comfortable i mean from what i know psvr actually is like one of the better ones and i don't know much yeah but i mean it runs on your console so you right. don't need a, an expensive pc rig um a lot of regular games that you're gonna buy will offer these vr experiences within the game that you can get right um which is cool and then um i mean again it's just really easy to set up in a way that maybe it's not so easy for the pc um we have a friend the same friend who has buyers from Mars about not getting the switch who has a psvr headset and he likes it he does yeah i don't know what he plays on it but he likes it yeah <laughs> so not really for us quite yet but someday maybe we'll see yeah uh, and the last game i want to talk about is called brawlhalla yeah, Brawlhalla was a lot of fun. Basically, a lot like Super Smash Brothers. It's a it's a fighting game, but with in three dimensions. Well, not three, but it's a two D flat kind of game. Yeah, in a way that like Smash Brothers is also, but it's got three D rendering. Three D rendering. Right. Yeah, in this game, did this game have three D rendering? No, no, it was all two D, cartoony kind of stuff. Yeah, it's free to play. But like the the levels, you know, there's platforms and stuff, so it's it's and less stuff. like Street Fighter yeah. and more like Smash Brothers, I would say. Items fall. Yeah, and yeah, there's items and stuff. Yeah. And there's like layers of the levels. Yeah, right. Platforms. Yeah, you said that. Sorry. Yeah. I was listening, but I meant like not just platforms. It's different like the parts level, of like, the level. Down. Yeah. I think like Hyrule Castle from like N64. Yeah, yeah. There's like downward paths and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, I mean it's uh it's free to play right now on PC, but it's supposed to be coming to PS4. We don't know if it's gonna be free to play on PS4, but we're hoping. That'd yeah, be cool. that would be awesome. Um, but it says play how you want, offline, online, casual, competitive. They had a bit of a competition going on, which was they actually did. how we were able to play because people were so engrossed by the competitive part that there were just <laughs> yeah, there was an open consoles. Yeah, yeah console. Yeah. So we hopped in and played. I mean, a lot of the artwork to me is just like these people are probably video game fans. Mm-hmm. So there are characters that just look like other characters you'll recognize. You know, there's a, a woman with a bow and arrow who's like characters from League of Legends and um, Dota. And then there's like a short-haired, shaved-headed girl who kind of reminds you of like a Tracer or a Sombra, you mm-hmm. know. Um, then you got like Reaper characters that, you know, look like Reaper. Yeah, I played that character. He was fun. Yeah. Um, so there are a lot of characters that like pull from existing heroes that you know right. from other games. And obviously they're like titled differently well and so what's cool about this is they have weapons unlike something like smash um and those weapons drop from the sky right and so if i'm playing a character that has guns and jerry's playing a character that has swords then those are the two weapons that will drop on the map and either person can pick them up and you don't know until you pick it up right it drops as like this generic sword just weapon thing Yeah. yeah it's like an icon yeah 
Right, so... So you don't know if you're going to get guns or a sword, but yeah. you will get one of them because those are the ones that are in play at, But aside from this that, game. I can't really say that I know that the fighting styles felt different. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, it's, for the characters, yeah. Weapons, that brought weapons the made it different. Yeah. I agree. Um, but there's like... Again, I mean, Smash Brothers is like the thing to compare it to. Definitely. There's like a block slash a dodge. Yeah. You know, you're double jumping. You fly off a level when you kind of come back on. Your health doesn't really matter except for making you presumably weaker. Right. Which we didn't really notice, actually. Yeah, I didn't really understand that in terms of like, you know, if you'd been hit a lot, if you flew off easier like in Smash Brothers or not. I was That that didn't get clear to me in the amount of time we spent playing, which yeah. was not a lot. Um, so check this out. This is interesting. It says free to play, no gimmicks, no pay to win no pay to play, no hidden fees, no monthly costs, no paywalls, and it's going to stay that way forever. Oh. That's their phrasing. That's their phrasing. Uh, which is pretty sweet. That is pretty sweet. Yeah, so the characters are super cute. I really like yeah, them. Yeah, it's just a really fun game, and I think that's what is going to make this, that's what could make this game really popular, is that like, the artwork's really accessible and fun, mm-hmm. but I think that the fighting could be really competitive. Yeah, I agree. Because everything's on an even playing field, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was just a really fun game. Yeah, I we agree. We did play it. Well, we played a couple rounds of it. A couple rounds, um, yeah. We took some fun pictures by their booth. Um, that were the ones with the big hammer and stuff. Yeah. I did take a picture of the logo because I didn't realize, but Amanda did. She's a much better marketing person than I am. <laughs> um, yeah, it was really fun. Uh, play now. I'm going to click this. Let's see. Because I really wanted to come out on PS4 just so we could play it all the time. Yeah, that would be great. Well, it's technically considered an early access. Um it says this is going to be free to play all the time I mean what would be cool we should just install it onto your laptop mm-hmm. and then hook the laptop up to the TV and just play it all the time oh yeah duh Done. that's it <laughs> right, thank you for listening <laughs> um, yeah so that was a really great game that we played and that was fun I think that's the last game on the list of stuff that we wanted to talk about yeah, um, yeah. yeah I'm not sure if that's everything that we played but it's pretty covers most of it anyway yeah we didn't really dabble on the, the board games and stuff like that but there was a, a ton of it. But yeah. we have very strong plans to do this new convention that they're going to start called PAX Unplugged. Uh, it's going to be in Philly. It's going to be in November. And it's just going to be like board game, tabletop games, that kind of thing. Yep. I'm really excited about it. Amanda's really excited about it. Yeah, I think that's why we didn't focus on it as much because we know we have this other opportunity yeah, to, yeah. to do a lot of tabletop gaming at a convention. Right. But there was a lot of it. I mean, honestly, I think the one thing I took away from PAX is like, you go there to play games. Yeah. Which is like really crazy. Like in a way yeah. that you don't go to Comic-Con to read comic books. Right. You know? Um, so you go, you wait in lines and you play demos. Mm-hmm. You you go to all the free play areas. Like you give them your ID and you grab a copy of Horizon Zero Dawn and you just sit down and you just play it. Right. <laughs> um, same thing. I bring I'm the Boss, one of my favorite board games, and I just bring it with me to Boston, sit down at a table and just let people run through it with me. You know? Yep. Um and like that's what you can get out of it you don't have to feel like you missed out on not walking the floor if that's not what you're interested in yep you know if you want to just go for playing there was a street fighter tournament that we watched that yeah was that was great. awesome I, uh, not street fighter um, Marvel, Marvel vs. Capcom, Capcom. Yeah, yeah, but yeah super yeah. fun <laughs> Uh, real quick, just a story about that's real funny. is because we were like there and like everybody's playing on like 12 different consoles so it's hard to know who to watch until it starts getting down but we heard someone say nutty boo 
whatever. And I thought the name was Penny. Yeah. And I was really excited because, I mean, as a comment on this convention also, I'd say the, the convention was pretty 80-20 male to female, whereas I think Comic-Con is pretty 50-50. Yeah. Or at least 60-40 at worst. It seems closer. Um, so, yeah, there weren't a lot of women comparatively at this convention. So if there was a woman in this competition, I was, like, going to be rooting for her. I was like, yeah, for sure, Penny, let's yeah. go. Yeah. But I got over there, and it was a fellow named Kenny. Kenny Boog. Kenny Boog. <laughs> Kenny Boog. Shout out to Kenny. Yeah. Um, so she's like, all right, fuck it. Let's watch it. Yeah. And so, I was like, well, whatever. He'll still be my dude because there isn't a girl playing in this right. game. So we just right. followed Kenny around and he ended up winning. He won. Yeah. yeah. It was awesome. It was yeah. really exciting. Um, Way to go, Kenny. Yeah. Well, I think what was really fun for me was like watching Amanda watch watch <laughs> gaming in a way that I watch gaming. Um, because, you know, I you know I used to watch Achievement Hunter a lot and all the Let's Plays and stuff in a way that like was really fun to me. And you would watch with me some of those things. Like I remember mm-hmm. there was a we were on vacation a couple of years ago, and you, I was watching some Minecraft thing. And yeah. You're like, oh, that's kind of fun looking. Yeah. Um, but then we watched the Marvelous Capcom thing, and like she was into it. Yeah. She's like, "Yeah, go, Kenny." Yeah. And she's like making sounds, and I'm like, "We're like two feet behind him." You hear everything you're saying. <laughs> right. Um, and then when the uh, you know her dude won, it was like she was like super stoked. Yeah. yeah and it was really fun to watch, and then. Um, later that first night, actually, so I ended up buying For Honor. Yeah. Because they had a For Honor competition on stage that had uh, Gabe and Tycho from Penny Arcade leading teams going right. up against each other. And similarly, you know, we were sitting there and we were watching it, and we both didn't know anything about the game, really, aside from, you know, it's it was out and it's these warriors fighting each other. But, like, just trying to figure out the, the point systems and stuff and uh, – why people are winning or not and all the shit talking and stuff was like really fun and I had fun and I think Amanda had fun Yeah, too. I did have a lot of fun. Yeah, we watched a couple, we watched a little bit of competitive Rocket League play yeah. and we watched a little bit of competitive Smash Brothers play also and it was definitely a cool thing about the convention too among, you know, we played a lot of games, we watched a lot of talented people play yeah. games um, and it was cool. I really like, I haven't followed through on this but I'd kind of like to watch more competitive gaming because I really enjoyed those experiences when I was, um, at the convention. So, yeah. yeah, it was super fun. But maybe it's part of it, I think, too, is it's fun when you're there with an audience of people who's all like reading yeah, the for crowd people definitely and stuff. Helps. Um, yeah. And I think, too, I mean, the, the one setback for For Honor was that we just didn't understand the game well enough. Right. In a way that, like, seeing Rosalina beat the crap out of uh, Bayonetta. Bayonetta, yeah. yeah. Which is really interesting because who knew? Right. We didn't. Yeah. yeah. But those people up there knew what they were doing. And yeah. They're really good at it. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's something I hope that we can experience together someday. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, anything else? Uh, no, I mean, that is, yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, I guess as a wrap-up point, it's just a really good time. I feel like I had a better time at PAX than I've ever had at any of the Comic-Cons I've been to. Um, and that's partially because I'm more into gaming than I am into comics. Yeah. Um, it's partially because there was less people. It's partially because we got to do stuff like play games as opposed mm-hmm. to just walking around and seeing stuff. I will say I was disappointed that there was no art at PAX. Yeah. Artist Alley is my favorite part of Comic-Con probably. Um, so it's kind of, kind of a bummer. There wasn't any cool video game art. Would right. have loved to have seen that. But, uh, but yeah, it was great. It was really a great time. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to, but we're running along, so I won't. Maybe our next episode will be about it. But New York Comic-Con just put out some information about, con this year how to buy tickets that kind of stuff and i think having just experienced pax east the way because they're both run by show clicks read pop that kind of stuff 
so to see how differently those conventions are run is really interesting because the demographic is kind of different too and then the the visitor experience ends up being so drastically really different, different. Also. yep um, so maybe that'll be the next episode but um yeah no pax was a blast if you're like i said if you're around any one of those you should definitely go to see one if you're into video games um, or tabletop games or ta- yeah any any gaming even if you have a a, a loose sorry joy of it um just to check out you know just to be around the folks who are into it to talk to some people it's just a really good experience i think yeah i agree um yeah so thank you pax east yeah thank you for a great pax yeah, we'll see you at pax unplugged faux show and we'll see you at pax east 2018 yo yo yep. we'll, we'll probably have a booth yeah probably a dangerous to go alone game yeah 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 well yeah, yeah of yeah. course like, we develop games we know how to do that easy <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's going to do it for Dangerous to Go Alone this week. Um, as always, I'm Jay Ray. And I'm Amanda. Check us out on Tumblr at, let me tell you, sorry. We haven't done this podcast in months. Mm-hmm. Amanda has been keeping up our Tumblr like a champion. Yeah. So follow us on Tumblr. Um, is it? At d2ga.tumblr.com. It, I mean, it, it's fun stuff. Tumblr is a great place for a lot of the things that we're into. So follow us on Tumblr there and we'll do some, uh, maybe we could do like an ask or something one day. We'll answer some questions. Absolutely. Um, follow us at all of our Broken Jars things, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Reddit. Generally, it's just Broken Jars Broadcasting or Broken Jars Podcast. And if you like what we do, visit patreon.com slash broken jars to, um, you know, give us a buck. Yeah. H- help us continue to do what you love us to do. Yes. <laughs> And that's going to do it for this week. So we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.